every Sunday I come to the pulpit with this Bible. And I believe this Bible is the Word of God. I believe this Bible is inerrant. I believe this Bible is inspired. And I believe this Bible is authoritative. And as I stand here week in and week out with this Bible, let the Word of God speak this morning because the text says in Psalm 100, verse 3, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Can you say today that the Lord is your shepherd? David could say, the Lord is my shepherd. Can you say that? Again, the Bible says over 200 times that we're His sheep. I gave you some insight last week about sheep. Let me remind you of those because I want to encourage you. Uh, Sheep aren't smart. Uh, It's hard to train sheep. Train other animals, but not really train sheep. Sheep aren't clean. We're very dirty in many ways. Sheep are. We are as well. But thank the Lord for his sacrifice, the shedding of his blood, that we could have forgiveness because of Jesus and life. And then sheep aren't strong. We can't really defend ourselves, and they can't defend themselves. That's why we need a good shepherd who is protecting us. And so can you say today, the Lord is your shepherd? Psalm 46, verse 10, the Bible says, Be still and know that I am God. Is it easy for you to be still in your life? Now, for most of us, being busy comes pretty natural for us. That's the world we live in. We run and we run and we run 24-7 in many ways. But can you honor the Lord's word? And again, it's true. Be still and know that I'm God. Can you find yourself in a place of stillness in your walk with him? Can you do that? Psalm 119. Another verse in God's word that just says, It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes or your word. How many this morning can say in your life, Lord, I want to thank you for the adversities in my life. And God, I want to thank you for the afflictions in my life. And God, I want to thank you for the storms in my life. Because the psalmist says, again, it was good for me that I was afflicted because God, what happened in my life, you're using it now for good in my life. How many of us can do that as sheep who's following the good shepherd in life? And then one more, and we'll look at Psalm 23. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. Here's what the Bible says. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Uh, Let me ask you today. Has the Lord ever carried you in your life? Absolutely he has. And then let me get real personal with you. How many of you would be honest to say today, the Lord is carrying you currently in your life right now? You just wouldn't make it without the shepherd caring for you and nurturing you and even loving you. God's word is true. God's word is powerful. As we think about the 23rd Psalm, Psalm 23, verse 1, again, the theme verse is about salvation. The Lord is my shepherd. And then the second part of that is about contentment I shall not want. We come to Psalm 23, 2, and the message is about needs versus wants. It's also about rest versus busyness. So when we think about life, do we focus on wants or do we focus on needs? Do we focus on how busy we are or do we focus on, Lord, I need to rest in you and be still before you? Now, I don't know how many men will admit this, but how many of you watch HGTV at some time in your life? 
Most men would never raise their hands, but Angel and I, some time ago, we used to watch a show on television called House Hunters. And so we would watch it. The theme, the storyline of the show that would generally be a newlywed couple been married less than a year. They finally get tired of their cramped apartment, and so they want to buy a house. And so they contact a the realtor, they meet with the realtor, and they set a budget. And they set a budget of a house of $795,000. That's the storyline of the show. Now, we would sit there and watch it, and we think, what in the world do those people do for a living? First year of marriage, and their budget is almost a million dollars for a house? How in the world are they going to pay for that? How are they going to afford that? What in the world are they doing? It was just mind-boggling to that. But here's the thing again. When you follow the leadership of the good shepherd, he's going to lead you to focus on your needs and not your wants. He's going to lead you to rest in life and not simply be busy in life all the time. He's going to lead you that way. In 1998, Robert Sullivan wrote an article for Life magazine. And he was talking about one of the major issues and problems in life. And Sullivan went on to say in his article that it affected 70 million Americans. And he said the problem that he was going to talk about even led to 38,000 deaths in a given year. And then he went on to say for the workplace and the workforce, it cost about $70 billion in productivity. And then Sullivan said it affects people of all ages. Even teenagers deal with it. And teenagers say it's one of the contributing factors of poor performance in school. And then Sullivan went on to say in his article that all sorts of remedies have been tried for this. Mouth guards, teas, medications, other things trying to remedy this situation. But he said, here's, it affects about seven out of 10 Americans. And here was the issue that Sullivan talked about in 1998 in an article in Life magazine. It's the word insomnia. People just have a hard time sleeping. We have a hard time resting. Maybe, maybe you look at your life and it's hard for you to sleep. Mayo Clinic says this, that, that infants need about 12 to 13 hours a day of sleep. School-aged children need about 9 to 11 hours of sleep in life. And then those of us who are adults, we need seven to eight hours of sleep as well if we're going to function well. Is it easy for you to sleep? Is it easy for you to rest? Is it easy for you to quieten your soul and be still before the Lord? As you and I think about the animal world, it's interesting when we come to Psalm 23 and we think about we are the sheep of his pasture. In the animal world, dogs kind of doze off. Uh, bears, as you know, they hibernate, and cats take cat naps, but it's very, very difficult for sheep to sleep. It's hard for them to rest. It's hard to, everything has to be just right in the flock for sheep to sleep. They've got to feel safe, so the good shepherd has to protect them. They've got to be full. Their stomachs have to be in the right place. There can't be any tension in the flock, or sheep will not sleep. So if everything is just right, then sheep are going to rest, and sheep are going to sleep. Now, we live in a day, though, that's very difficult for sheep to sleep because it's even difficult for us to sleep because we live with this mentality that we are to go 24-7 in life. And a part of that is these electronic devices we have make it real tempting to be busy all the time. Somebody calls you at 2 a.m. in the morning. The phone just unexpectedly rings, and you answer. What did they generally ask you? Did, did I wake you up? And... And how many people, when that happens, say, oh, no, I wasn't asleep. I was, I was awake. I, yeah, I'm awake. How many of you just be honest and say, no, I was in a coma sleeping? 
versus, no, 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 I, no, I, I was awake. I didn't go to bed at 1 o'clock, so I just get an hour of sleep every day because I want to be productive. How many of us live with that mindset? It's tough for us to do, but here's what I want you to know when it comes to Psalm 23, verse 2. The good shepherd has all authority and freedom to disrupt your life at any moment to make you rest in life. You have to let that sink in for a moment. But the good shepherd has authority and freedom at any moment, if you're one of his sheep, to disrupt your life and your plans so that you will rest at any moment. That's why David said, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Because uh, sometimes we just don't want to rest. Now, there are many different approaches to leadership. When I think about follow the leader, I want you to write these words down here for a moment because I want you to understand the shepherd's leadership in Psalm 23, but also his leadership in our lives as well. One word I want you to write down is the word dictator. There, there are many people, their leadership style is that of a dictator. I've seen it in the corporate world. I've also seen it in the church world. And somebody who's a leader is going to say, it's my way or the highway. Uh, we're not up for discussion. There's no, not up for debate. Well, here's what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. There's no discussion from that. It's my way or no way. Dictators are out there in life. And we even see some of them in, even in the church world. Second word is partners. There, there are times those who are going to be leaders realize God's called me to lead, but I need people around me. I want people around me as well. And so you're going to have people who are partners. When I read the book of Colossians, Paul is pouring his heart out to the believers in Colossae. But in Colossians chapter 4, again, Paul's the leader. God saved him on the road to Damascus, called him into ministry. And Paul was an effective preacher, church planter, gospel writer. The list can go on. He was a leader, but he had people around him. Because in Colossians chapter 4, he talked about Epaphras. He talked about Aristarchus. He talked about Tychicus. He talked about these other people who were around him in life. And when I look at leadership, I don't want to be a dictator. But also I know I need people around me when it comes to staff members and deacons and other folks who are willing to serve Jesus and we can serve him together. Then the third word is the word servant. You find when you look at the Bible and you see the life of the Lord Jesus as the good shepherd, we see something about servant leadership. In John chapter 13, Jesus stands up from the mill. He takes a basin of water and a towel and he washes the feet of his disciples. He was modeling for them servant leadership to those who were in the upper room. We also know that Jesus said that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we understand something about servant leadership when we look at the life and the example of Jesus to you and me as our good shepherd. When we say the Lord is my shepherd, then we understand something about servant leadership. Look at these next blanks. What do we know about the shepherd's leadership? I want you to know these. Number one is personal. Psalm 23, verse 2, he says what? He, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me. It's very personal. Then David said what? He leads me beside still waters. The shepherd's leadership is personal to David, but also the shepherd's leadership is personal to you and to me. He makes me, he leads me. It's one of intimacy for David. David is talking about how intimate he was with the good shepherd. When you look at your walk with the Lord Jesus, are you walking away from him or are you living close and intimate with him? The shepherd wants you to be intimate with him, close to him, because he will lead us, follow the leader. One aspect of his leadership is being personal. Second word is consistent. The shepherd, is, his leadership is always going to be consistent in your life and in my life. 
What do I mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. The shepherd is never going to lead you to do something that violates the truths of God's word. So you can rest assured, the shepherd is never going to lead you to be unfaithful to your spouse. The shepherd is never going to lead you to be crooked in a business deal. And the shepherd is never going to lead you to fill your calendar with so many activities and obligations that you don't have time for him, nor do you have time for the people in your life whom you love, nor do you have time for the people called the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. The shepherd will never lead you to be inconsistent with God's word. The shepherd is personal. The shepherd is also consistent. And number three, the shepherd is productive. When you look at Psalm 23, the theme verse of Psalm 23 is the Lord is my shepherd. Everything after that is the benefits, are the benefits of following him as your shepherd in life. We know something about benefits. We go to apply for a job. We have an interview. What's one of the questions we're going to ask or hopefully it's explained to us? What are the benefits if I come to work in this place? What's going to be my days off? What kind of vacations am I going to get? What about insurance? What about retirement? We want to know something about the benefits. And so David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And then he starts listing all the benefits of following the leader, following the good shepherd. Here's what I can promise you. You will never, ever waste your time following the good shepherd in your life. Now, you can waste your time on social media platforms. You can waste your time using electronic devices, but you will never, ever waste your time following the leadership of Jesus as your shepherd. Always is going to be fruitful and productive. Now, again, you may find yourself being afflicted. We'll talk more about that in a moment. You may find yourself going through storms and a lot of adversities, but it's not going to be a waste of your time. Now, to rightly divide the word of truth this morning, I want you to take Psalm 23, and today's sermon really only has two points to it, because I want to be faithful to what God's word says here. And look at the first one, the shepherd strengthens the tired. How many of you are tired in your life? I mean, there's exhaustion and fatigue everywhere we look in our day. People are exhausted and tired in life. Those people in ministry, focus on the family, says this. This is hard to even talk about. Focus on the Family says about 1,500 to 1,600 people in ministry walk away from their positions in ministry every month in this nation. That's a lot. And they say, why are there so many people who are serving the Good Shepherd, who are following him, why are they walking away? And Focus on the Family really narrows it down to three areas that's causing people to walk away from ministry. Uh, One, marital problem. Something in their marriage is not right, and so as a result of that, they just walk away from their assignment in ministry. A second reason is a pathological antagonist. They just face issues after issues with people in the church. You've got to jump through so many hoops. I can't please these people. All these people are coming against me. And so as a result of that, they just grow weary in dealing with people who are antagonistic, and so they just say, enough is enough. I'm going to walk away and do something else in life. And then the third reason is emotional fatigue. They're just tired. They're exhausted. Their tanks are empty. And they say, I just don't have anything else to give, and so I need to walk away. Church, I want to compliment you, because when I come and think about the shepherd strengthens the tired, I want to compliment you and thank you that in our personnel manual, even with our ministry team and staff, there are vacation days, 
There, there, there are days off during the week and there's times to rest. Thank you for allowing that to happen in our lives because we want to start well, we want to serve well, and we want to finish well. And so the challenge is many people, though, in ministry, here's some of their weaknesses. They, they don't take a day off. They don't use their vacation days. They don't find times to rest. They just keep going and going and going. And so as a result of that, then they just don't take good care of themselves because they look and they say, I can't rest because I'm going to change the world for Jesus. That's a dangerous way to look at life and it's a dangerous way to look at ministry. Because the truth of the matter is, the Lord doesn't really need you to change the world. He can do that on his own if he wants to. But you need the Lord in your life. You're dependent upon him. So as we look at that, sometimes, again, we find the Lord, the good shepherd, he strengthens the tired. We come to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Sheep, when they eat, they stand. In their part of the world, sheep generally start grazing about 4 a.m. in the morning. And so they'll graze for a while, and then when about 10 in the morning, when the sun is up and it's hot, the good shepherd is going to do what? He's going to find them a place, shade that they can lie down, and then they can chew the cud. It's interesting how that works for them. But they'll start grazing early, and then somewhere in the middle of the day, early, late morning, they're going to find a place to rest. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And so the shepherd is going to be able to do that. Now, when the sheep are lying down, what will the shepherd do? Oftentimes, you think about David being a shepherd boy and understanding David's life, the shepherd oftentimes will gather around his sheep and here's what he's going to do. He may play the harp for them or he may sing for them. Can you imagine being a, a sheep and having David, a man after God's own heart, playing the harp for you or singing over you? Now, I want to give you this word as we worship today and you think about what David would be like, but listen to what this verse says. Zephaniah Chapter 3, verse 17, the Bible says, The Lord your God is in your midst. Church, you know this, but Jesus is here. Uh, you don't have to ask him to come. He's here right now. Uh, praise the Lord for the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. A mighty one who will save. He will save you today. You're in this room and you're watching. You don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the mighty one who will save you. He will forgive you and change your life, give you a brand new start on this Sunday. Jesus is the Savior of the world. And then he says this. He will rejoice over you with gladness. Aren't you glad that the good shepherd is glad in life? He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He loves you and me. He will never stop loving us. You'll never do anything in life to stop him from loving you. No matter the mistakes, no matter the issues of your life, the good shepherd loves you in your life. And then it says this. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Can you imagine having Almighty God singing over you and me? That's what he's saying in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. He will exult over you with loud singing. Now, the shepherd, the sheep are lying down. The shepherd, what is the shepherd doing? He is singing or playing the harp over those sheep. Now, when we look at this again, when you find sheep, sheep, it's very difficult for them to rest. And so when the, the sheep are finally resting, what does the good shepherd do? He's going to be able to say, I know the sheep aren't going to stray at this point. So I'm going to go help them find green pastures. That way, when they're back up, we're going to lead them to green pastures so that they can eat and find refreshment and find rest. The shepherd strengthens the tired. Listen to this verse in the, in the, in the gospel of Matthew. And here where we come to when we look at God's word. 
or the Gospel of Mark. In Mark chapter 6, verse 30, the Bible says, The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, what is he going to say to them? They've been out there serving. They've been out there doing a lot of ministry. They're going to come back and share all this with him. What does he say to them? Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. The good shepherd will strengthen the tired. There are many times in life and ministry we say we love to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what do we do? Then we, we find ourselves doing this ministry event, going to this meeting, doing all these other obligations. But if we're not careful, somewhere we say, I, I love serving the Lord Jesus Christ, but somewhere I need a time of rest as well. Because if not, then we'll just keep going, keep going, and keep going. Sometimes the last thing we need in ministry is another meeting to attend or another ministry to lead. Sometimes he says, I want you to come with me to a desolate place, a quiet place, and I want you to rest for a while. Let me give you these insights. Here's why it's important for us to rest. Here's why it's important and how we can find ourselves stealing or or kind of settling our souls and resting with the good shepherd. Number one, write these down. Follow the shepherd's lead. Uh, many, Many of you know this. The shepherd's going to lead you. He's going to lead us to have gospel conversations. He's going to lead us to be generous in our giving. He's going to lead us to to serve him in certain ways because when the Holy Spirit lives on the inside, we've been gifted. He's going to lead us that way. But here's the thing. Sometimes as a sheep, it's hard for us to rest. Many of you with kids and grandkids, did you ever have problems getting your kids or grandkids to rest? Did they ever fight you when they were asleep to say, I do not want to take a nap? Angie and I were at a restaurant the other day, and there was a little boy there. And it was probably nap time for him. But he was fighting his parents, and he was fighting everyone else in the restaurant. He was not going to sleep. And he let his parents know that. He let us in the restaurant know that. He let others on Wilma Rudolph know that as well. (laughs) He was not going to take a nap. But somewhere, the good shepherd, he knows that. And that's why Psalm 23, verse 2 says what? He makes... His sheep lie down in green pastures. Sometimes it's just hard for us to rest. Follow the shepherd's lead. He will lead you to rest in your life. Number two, learn how to say no. Those of us in ministry, if you're going to survive, you're going to start well, you're going to serve well, you're going to have to learn to say no in life. Somewhere again, you don't need another meeting. You don't need another ministry to lead. You need a period of rest. You're just going to have to say no. Sometimes to say, listen, I'm already committed. I've got things to do. I'm just not going to be able to do that right now. It is okay to say no to some opportunities. And just just be aware of that. Look at number three. Be intentional about protecting the calendar. Uh, Somewhere you're going to have to know how to balance your calendar. And if you can't do that, you need to get a few trusted people around you to help you to say, do I accept this? Do I say no to this? Do I say yes to this? What do I need to do? One of my mentors in, in the Christian ministry was pastoring a church one day. He, he, he was a busy man, doing a lot. The church was growing. A lot of people were coming. This, this encounter changed his life, changed his ministry. Uh, he had been at a lunch meeting, and he came back from the lunch meeting. He saw his assistant, and he said to her, what's going on this afternoon? And she said to him, and called him by his name and title, she said, your next appointment is already in your office. And he thought, well, that's strange. That's not generally how we do that. And, and he said something to her about it, and she said, yeah, but this person is already sitting in your office. He opens a door and walks into his office, and it was his wife. And she's sitting in a chair. And he calls her by her name, and he says, honey, what in the world are you doing? 
you, you made an appointment with my assistant to even have a meeting with me and she, and she called him by his name and she said that's the only way I but also the kids can get your attention you don't have time for us you're so focused on ministry you're so focused on what's going on in the life of the church. You don't have time for us. And the only way we can get your attention is to make an appointment on your schedule. Changed his life. Changed his ministry. He, he was involved with his wife, involved with his kids. But somewhere you're going to have to be intentional about protecting the calendar. Number four, find a special place to retreat. Uh, sometimes you just need a place where you can get away for the day, for a few days, for a week. Could be someplace local, could be someplace out of state, but somewhere again that you can get away and retreat. Maybe it's around water, maybe it's at a mountain, maybe it's somewhere again that you're free of electronics for a while, but you can get away and rest. Why? Because the shepherd strengthens the tired. And then number five, keep life and ministry in perspective. You get to realize you want to start well, you want to serve well, but under God's grace and leadership, you want to finish well also. Start well, serve well, finish well. In 1968, the Olympics were in Mexico City. Uh, there was a marathon that was going to happen. And what really happened in the marathon got people's attention was the runner from Tanzania. As he was running the marathon, he had a problem. And then ultimately, it was tough for him to finish the race. But he was set on finishing the race. There were 79 runners who started the race that year at the Olympics in Mexico City. 79 runners. And so he was determined, and people asked him to say, why, why don't you just finish? Why don't you just stop? You don't have to finish the finish line. Just stop now. And he said, the people in Tanzania did not send me here in Mexico City just to start. They sent me here to finish. And so when the race was over, the award ceremony was already done. Here's this runner from Tanzania still coming across the finish line. No one was really in the stands. It was just him and a few people around him who was running. Captured the attention. But what lost the attention was 79 people started the race. Only 17 finished. I want to encourage you as sheep following the good shepherd. You start well. You serve well. You finish well also. Make sure when you come to the finish line, you hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Make sure when you come to the finish line, you come with your chest out and say, oh, Lord Jesus, the honor of my life has been to follow you and to serve you and to finish well. Finish well in life. Why? Because the good shepherd, he strengthens the tired. Look at the second truth. The shepherd supplies the thirsty. Anyone in this room thirsty? Anyone in this room hungry? The Sermon on the Mount says that we should hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, now you and I drink a sports drink, a drink that's called Gatorade. That's what it's a thirst quencher. Can I just tell you, Gatorade is not going to quench your thirst. Can, can I tell you, the world is not going to quench your thirst. Can I tell you, your team is not going to quench your thirst. There's one who will quench your thirst, and he is the good shepherd in your life. Oh, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. They have to know something about sheep. Again, sheep. I mean, they have poor eyesight. They're not good on direction. So sheep's going to need the leadership of a shepherd. Because again, it's tough for them to sleep. It's tough for them to rest. But it's also tough for them to find water to drink. 
That's why they're going to need the shepherd to lead them. Sheep are going to drink dew in the early in the mornings. There's going to be a lot of dew on the grass. They will drink that. They're going to drink out of real still streams, not fast-flowing water. And even whales are going to find water. Again, sheep are not swimmers, so if they get in water, they'll drown. They'll be swept away. And so a good shepherd is going to lead them to not just any water, but still water. And the sheep, if they're not led by a shepherd, they'll drink out of a mud puddle. They'll drink contaminated water. They'll drink water that's got bugs in it and it'll make them sick. They need the leadership of the shepherd. That's the relationship of sheep. Now, as you think about that, and you think about how he's going to lead you to still waters, I want you to write these four words down. The first word, what happens at the still waters? You're one of his sheep. You say, the Lord is my shepherd. When you're stead around those still waters and he's refreshing you and giving you thirst and quenching that view, what's going to happen? Number one is reflection. As you're at those still waters, you're going to be able to reflect and say, Lord, is my life pleasing to you? Is there something in the spiritual life that you want to teach me that I need to learn? Lord, is there something that you want to do in my life that I need to surrender? What do you want to do in my life? You're just reflecting on your relationship with the good shepherd. Am I living as intimate with you as you desire? You reflect when you are at the still waters. Number two, word repentance. Maybe you find yourself, the Lord is nourishing your heart and your spirit, your soul, and you find yourself there needing to repent because you say, Lord, I've drifted in my relationship to you. Lord, I've not given you the time that you desire out of my life. Lord, I'm not serving you the way you want me to. Lord, I'm not giving the way you want me to. You find yourself at the still waters repenting of your sin. You turn from your sin and you turn back to him. Third word is refreshment. You find yourself being refreshed. He fills you up at the still waters. By his word, he's going to teach you, mold you, shape you, guide you, lead you, convict you. You're going to be refreshed when you are at the still waters. And then word number four is remembrance. When you're at the still waters, you're going to remember the shepherd's care for you in your life. And here's what I mean. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you at the still waters as you refresh my soul that you are willing to lay down your life for me. I could not save myself. I couldn't help myself. I was dead in my sins and my transgressions. But Lord Jesus, you went to a cross called Calvary, shed your blood, gave your life, died for me on the third day, raised from the dead. You are alive and you are leading me because I'm one of your sheep and you are my good shepherd. You remember his work in your life. That's the good shepherd in your life. You remember that. And you need to do that every day of your life. One of the ways he refreshes us, he leads us in paths of righteousness. We're going to see that. And then he says, he leads me beside still waters. The word of God is still waters for you and me. And just as you eat every day of your life, you need to be feasting on the word of God every day of your life. Now, every meal matters in your life. Every meal is not memorable in your life. I mean, I can't even remember what I had last week to eat. But then there are certain meals that changed my life. I can remember that. I remember one time I was in New Orleans, Louisiana. Dr. Fred Luter, a dear friend of mine. Uh, we were having a conversation together, and he said, let's go have dinner together tonight. I said, Brother Fred, where do you want to go? He said, I want to go down to Drago's. And he said, I want us to get some char-grilled oysters. I said, Brother Fred, I'm glad to go. I don't think I'm going to like char-grilled oysters. I said, I hope there's something else on the menu. He said, well, I didn't ask you to pay for it. I'm going to pay for it. You're going to enjoy char-grilled oysters. 
And I said, well, Brother Fred, if you're praying for it, I'm going to go down there and do that. So I go to Drago's, Dr. Fred Luter. He brings her. They bring out this big old plate of Chargo's oysters. I remember that meal to this very day. Same thing in your life with God's word. There are going to be days you're going to be in devotion. You may remember that. You may not remember it, but there are going to be other days. God's spirit is going to speak to you so strong in your devotion. You will never forget that Tuesday morning with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why, again, you follow the leadership. You remember him. What he, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still Now this morning, I want to ask you as his sheep, are you so busy, exhausted, tired, just fatigued in your life? How many of you need to be honest with a good shepherd and say, Lord, I need to be honest with you and I need to slow down the pace of life. Here's what's amazing. Interesting in pastoral ministry. I've talked to people who've had heart attacks. I've talked to people who've been through cancer. I've talked to people who've came through various tragedies in life. And they look at those and say, God did something amazing in my heart and soul as a result of it. Changed my life. Changed my priorities. I saw life in a different way. And I made different decisions because of those afflictions in life. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I just want to encourage you. Come before your good shepherd and say, I need to take a moment and rest. You don't have to break me. You don't have to do something to make me do that. Lord, I want to do that. And then the still waters, let him refresh or reflect. Just repent. Remember and, and reflect on who he is. So I want us to bow our heads together here for a moment. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I want to encourage you. How many of you need to give your life to Jesus this morning? In this room, I mean, you, you, you know about him, but you don't really know him. There's a difference knowing about him and knowing him. How many of you need to surrender today? Stop fighting. Stop running. Stop procrastinating. And to say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I say yes to you as my Savior, as my Lord. How many of you need to be baptized? It's early part of 2023. You hear us talk about our goal 103 at least in 2023. And you need to be a part of that number because Jesus has saved you. And you can, a very specific moment, you had a defining moment and but you've never followed him as we witness today in believer's baptism. What, what are you waiting on? But why not today? Why not say yes to him today? It's an incredible church family. The spirit of God is at work in our midst. I mean, why not just make it a commitment and say, Lord, we want to unite and affiliate with this church body, this family. Because we need a family, a spiritual family. And this is it. God, we don't plan to go anywhere else in our city. We don't plan to go anywhere else somewhere. God, we want this to be our church family. What are you waiting on? Why not today to make that decision? Now, there are people in this room and watching. You've been dealing with the call of God on your life. I mean, God's calling you to go on a mission trip. God's calling you to serve in a specific ministry. God's calling you to surrender your life to vocational ministry. What are you waiting on? You're not guaranteed next Sunday. What are you waiting on? Why don't say yes to him today? 
And then I just want to challenge the sheep in this room, the sheep who are watching. You're tired. You're exhausted. You're fatigued. The cry of your soul today is rest. Why don't you come to your good shepherd in a spirit of prayer and just say, Lord, thank you for leading me to green pastures. I need to rest and to take a day off or take a period of rest. And how many of you are thirsty today and the world's not satisfying that? Nothing you try to get of the stuff of this world satisfying that thirst. And you come to him this morning as your good shepherd and say, I hunger and thirst for righteousness. Lord, for you, will you satisfy my thirst? This altar's open for you to come and pray. I'd love to see this altar filled with people making decisions for Christ or just saying, I'm tired and I'm thirsty and I'm coming to the good shepherd. He's here. He's waiting for you. As a loving shepherd, he will change your life. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Oh, Lord Jesus, as the good shepherd, thank you for inviting us to come to you. Those who are tired, those who are thirsty, those who are empty. And God, change us as we sing, as we respond, as we obey. We come to you, blessed assurance. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's stand together. Let's sing together, church.